Welcome to the OFX Podcast. I'm Dave Claxton. Along with me is our rebounding bootless Bethany, Bethany McChesney. <laughs> and again, we are not interviewing Mick Gerillo because we don't interview Mick Gerillo. He just, he just comes. He's just here. I found a way to sneak onto the podcast and you guys still haven't figured it out. No, 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 no. <laughs> so before we get to like blue, which is like the main thing we're going to do, did you guys keep track of uh the u.s national series did you did you follow everything were you surprised i mean i i watched i just saw highlights i was gone that day so it's kind of nice to catch up after a few hours so you can see the few people who have extended stories or whatever but i mean i'm excited to watch their yeah. kind of highlight after the fact thing a couple days after but uh yeah, pretty crazy. Um, interesting course. You never know, right? I thought um, I, I I thought I thought Ryan would win. I didn't think VJ would win, but I mean, he raced a perfect race. Like yeah. he was so smart. From what I see, again, we haven't seen the full pre. And, and, and I was out all day, so I didn't even know. I thought maybe I'd get home and it would be done on YouTube, but we haven't seen the whole thing yet. But from what I saw in the stories, he hung back at the beginning, didn't kill himself, didn't wear himself out slowly. Just it's like he picked his spots. I'm like, yeah. And I think yeah. he just, it looked like he was very strategic and just made his move significantly uh, during bucket carry. And then from there, that was it. If I was going to try to beat Atkins, bucket carry wouldn't be the spot. I think this is where I'm going to pass him. No, final mile would not be the spot. <laughs> I mean, uh, what I'm what I'm thinking happened is you know obviously um, Ryan's not gonna he he ha there was nothing substantial that actually happened it wasn't like he tripped or fell off something or anything but I'm assuming what probably happened is what you know we've all kind of felt in races or some of us that compete at like really a high level is sometimes when you blocked training a certain way and you go into a race like this and you've been racing for over an hour and stuff like that. Um, there's like a point in the race that you have not fully recovered from the aftermath of your last training block and someone that's extremely peaked for the race or, or tapered off or something just has that little edge at the very end of a race. And you're, you know, all cylinders are firing, but your body just will not totally kind of be able to kind of chase it down. So I think that's probably what happened is he probably just was um, kind of just ran into kind of like his limit, which is not his limit, but at, at that day. Um, and obviously VJ picked a, picked a good spot and was able to create a gap and then just held on to it. Well, and we do know also that Ryan has been doing a lot more heavy lifting to get ready for Spartan games. So I think his training has changed up a little bit with that in mind. Um, so that could have been it where maybe he just didn't have the Ryan legs that he usually has in that last mile and BJ just capitalized on it. You guys think it's possible, and I mean, you guys are obviously a higher end than me, that because it was so near the end, do you think maybe through the beginning portion, Ryan thought, okay, VJ just doesn't have it today and focused more on, um, on, on the other guys who was at Lars and, um, oh, I can't remember his name, um, super fast trail runner guy. 
Josiah. Josiah. Do you think he was became yeah. so focused on them and maybe forgot about VJ? Not so much forgot about him, but just thought, okay, it's not VJ's day. He's not running with us. And then all of a sudden VJ appears and Ryan doesn't have the kick at that point. He could have. You know what? Like he's a smart racer. He probably knew where VJ was the whole time. But he, they haven't raced enough on and definitely have not raced on a mountain race be, like this season and stuff. So you also got to remember like BJ has been living where he has been for a while. And although people give him that, um, they, they give him that kind of identity of like this fast, short guy, like he's doing a lot of mountain running and, um, he's training at altitude and stuff. So, um, he's, he's had over a year to adapt to that kind of stuff as well. So, um, although some people may be surprised if you really just, if you didn't have that identity of him before, he may, you know, it may make more sense. I'm just happy they both hit their spear throw and they could really race, right? Like you get to that point where, it's like, um, you know, if one of them misses it, how far did they have to go from there? Uh, that would have been unfortunate. So I'm, I'm glad they got a race, you know? And it was a good finish. I mean, what was it, like four or five seconds, something like that? Yeah, seven yeah. seconds. Seven seconds. And they got to change that down, down climb from the uh, slip ramp, slip wall at the end. It's just like you get so tense watching people race down that thing. Wasn't it Josiah in Jacksonville that day? He, he yeah, through there and like you know crotched himself yeah. on the one room. <laughs> yeah, that's bad. And then obviously Lindsay continued dominance. Just do you maybe maybe if emma was there or nicole do you think one of them could have gave her even a run i mean nicole healthy obviously and she looked pretty strong um i mean ryan and Lindsay have both raced a ton this year so again the only thing i think that would kind of take her off of it would be someone extremely peaking for like a, a real a course that was in their favor although you know many courses are in Lindsay's favor in terms of her skill set, obviously. But, but uh, yeah, I think, I think she, you know, she ran a very strong race. So good for her. Well, I've decided that Ryan was just saving himself for blue mountain. That was what. <laughs> yeah. That last this week he's doing nothing. Yeah, he's just he's relaxing in this. I was he's like, gonna hold man. Back. he's going to hold back at the Spartan games too. He's going to do a little yeah. CrossFit this week. And then, you know, just, just like zone in, you know, Oh, God. You, know, you know, we'll talk about it when we when we talk about our, our picks and stuff like that. But um, I think he'll be he'll be fine for blue. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how the, uh, the, the kind of recovery. The, and the, I don't know how they do it. Just mm -hmm. it's mind boggling. But anyway, uh, congrats to Lindsay and VJ. And I was really impressed with VJ for this whole year. He, he just seems so focused this year and just took that step that where he became just a smart racer and I, I think it's awesome it's good to see so yeah blue so the first thing I'm going to tell you about blue and everybody has been asking me this don't worry I worked on pipe layer today and it is ready <laughs> okay you were part of the build crew yeah I was part of the I went out to help the build crew today I'll be back again tomorrow and we completed pipe layer so everyone can relax and, and, and know that the most difficult Spartan obstacle is there and ready to go. <laughs> it's, it's slightly downhill, though, so that might help you a little bit with the difficulty of it. 
I've never met met seen such an obstacle that costs so much money and requires so much installment and is just so pointless. But <laughs> oh, whatever, it's there, it's there. Um, it's another obstacle. So we've all raced at Blue, right? Why don't we start there and just uh, why don't, don't yeah, make you go through and just what what are your experiences with Blue and what do you think it's like racing there as far as elevation and steepness. I mean, and you had some good reconnaissance like recently. So that's, that's good too. I haven't been there in a few years. Uh, I was there when OCR worlds was there. Um, yes, I'm representing. <laughs> I was, that was my official like choosing when I was looking at my shirt drawers, you know, why not wear this? This was, this was the shirt that I got from completing that race. So, um, I mean, overall, I think hopefully this becomes one of the annual venues because it really is a great venue for a Spartan race to be at. Um, I'll, I'll say that. And in October, I mean, it's also a very nice area due to like the other um, mm. kind of tourism in the area. Like there's places to stay. It's a nice drive out. It's a great mountain. It's not crazy tall or steep. But obviously there's tons of elevation there, but it's not just like a hike up for two hours straight, you know? Um, so I think it's a, it, it offers some balance and it's more like your grassy mountain over like, let's say a hard rocky mountain. Um, and I'll just leave that there. I'm sure you guys can add to that. Yeah, Beth, what's your experience with Blue? Um, so, well, my experience with the same race that Nick was at last, that was the last one I was at there too. Um, when I just remember though, when it gets muddy, it's extremely slippery. And I know that there's been a lot of rain there over this past weekend and it's already started to get muddy. Um, yeah. So, and there are steep portions of it. I don't know where the course goes, where if it's muddy, uh, it becomes really treacherous. So that's my experience it was, it was slick it was slick today and a lot of spots yeah. um uh riley was helping mark out some of the trail route and went also some of the ultra route and the the extra lap for the ultra is in a very steep area <laughs> like it's it's gonna cause some interest one of the interesting things and I there's had, an extra I, carry there right yeah there's an extra carry there and it's yeah super, and i was like one of the things that blew me away today though was uh building the eight foot wall right how wide do you think an eight foot wall needs to be for a spartan race give or take 15 feet. uh yeah i would say i would say 15 20 feet 48 feet wide of eight foot wall what? <laughs> wow it's like um, we're, we're setting up i'm like guys you don't need a wall this wide, like 16 feet. Especially at that point in the race, but I guess that's yeah, just it's the an, standard, right? It's not early on, right? It's just No, like, no. I'm like, there's no way. It's, it's, so we promise no bottlenecks at the eight-foot wall. It will not. <laughs> make, Good. I, I couldn't believe it. I was like, it's four, literally, I'm not exaggerating, 48 feet wide. Was it that wide in Red Deer? I thought it was maybe 16 feet wide in Red Deer. Yeah, I don't think the forest allowed for that, but yeah, <laughs> interesting. A um, couple of things, though, I will tell you guys. <clears throat> the um, stairway to Sparta is like in the States with the rock climbing holds. Um, yeah. In Red Deer, it was not like that, if I remember correctly. And the cargo net climb 
will have the table tops on it like you would see in the states. So, um, why didn't we have that in Red Deer? That was unfortunate. But either from what, way, from what Johnny Glad. said, like a shipped up from down south. Anyway, so yeah, everything yeah. seems to be as we normally see in the states, except for the tire flip. So okay, that's good. Might as well go through the, the map a bit. You saw the map, Mick. Where, what do you would? Yeah, I was picking it apart a little bit. <clears throat> All right. I, some, <laughs> I know. I know people. Um, I know. Obviously, like anyone can look at a map now, and they release it, and you can kind of look at it. But here's a few points, just for like, I know people are listening. Might be their first one. Might be whatever. And here's some like main points I took off the map that maybe would be good mental things to put in because when you're racing it's good to have like mental checkpoints at certain points of the race. Um, I was telling Bethany, so I went on my incline trainer today. You told me the highest incline was about 210 meters. Yeah. So I'm a feet guy. So um, miles and feet, I don't, don't ask me why, but uh, that's 688 feet. So I did basically, I just did a tempo today. I was, I was hiking on my treadmill and I went 30% incline at, three miles per hour. So that's like for a beast course, that's like a decent tempo pace. It's kind of like that fast trotting up. It's not definitely not hill sprinting. It would be like what maybe a competitive elite racer would tempo up like a long climb. And so it took me about nine, nine minutes and 20 seconds to get that elevation in, um, at 30% grade. So just so you know, like if you're looking at the beast course, there's about six times they bring you up and down the mountain. So, and, and, and they're pretty consistent. Like if you look, there's a couple times, there's obviously a top trail that goes along the top, right? Um, so obviously they bring you up and you run along there. And then the rest of the times they bring you up, it's just below that. So you think of a ski hill where there's a, there's like a black diamond bring you down a little bit. And then there's a quad track that goes across you're probably running up to that and then back down or something like that but um i mean if you think about it there's about six up and down so that's about six times 10 minute climbs so about an hour straight if you're in good shape of running uphill so when you hit that first climb like make sure you mentally manage your effort and say hey can i do this pace for an accumulation of over an hour about, right? I mean, that would be a yeah. pretty safe mental check on, on the first uphill because people are gonna get kind of excited, right? They're the type of hills that aren't relentless. You're not seeing, you know, you actually get up there 10 minutes in a race, doesn't seem too long compared to some other big mountain races, but um, 10 minutes is enough to accumulate a lot in those legs. And then when you top out, you have some good running up there. So you not only want to kind of judge and strategize around that as well. When you hit the top, if your strength is running, like manage the systems. And then when you hit the top, go. Um, but just kind of think about that. Like, can I do this six times? Am I at a pace where I can do this six times? Um, you're going to get breaks, which is nice, but I don't think the downhills are going to be much breaks because that grassy running is either has the ability to open up or if it's wet you are constantly like speed checking a little bit because it gets slick and whatever else and then where you see a place that you can gain some traction like you gotta 
control yourself a little bit and then continue on, right? Um, so a couple things like that, um, looking like we said at mile nine is like the uh, eight foot wall. So you've already said the eight foot wall. So everyone's got the eight foot wall in their head. So I would say when you hit that eight foot wall, that's when it's kind of the halfway point. It's a little further, but in terms of like obstacles and everything, you've got one climb to go. So um, when you hit that eight foot wall, it's time to like sell out, you know? If you're feeling good, sell out. If you're not, maintain. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then, I mean, we gotta talk about the spear throw being early because that mentally, like it's different for racers, right? You're running the whole race, you're running a good race, but you have the you have the spear throw in the back of your mind. Usually the spear throw has been at the end oh, many times in a Spartan counter race. But the last time we were out in Ottawa, the balanced super course had the spear throw within the first two miles. And it changed the game because guys are coming in, they're still close together. You're grabbing a spear with five other people around, 10 more people coming behind you, you know, nothing's spaced out yet. So don't get caught up in listening to other people hit or miss the spear. Then you, you know, you put pressure on yourself to make it because someone missed or you put pressure on yourself to make it because someone's running out and they made it. Um, so kind of have a strategy for the spear, I would say, because it's within the first mile and a half, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, it's on, on after the second, after the first, uh, descend. So right, you, right after descent. Yeah. yeah if you so guys, another thing so when you guys are competing at the high end, if you that early in the race, if you miss the spear is the mindset become shit, I've screwed up already. Or is it, I have time to make up, make up from this. In this on this kind of race for yeah. sure i think knowing the beast and knowing a mountain race you have no idea what other people's skill sets are and like i said people can look good in a race like this for about an hour and a half and then all of a sudden you just start picking people off so if you miss the spear like put in your work and just know like it's totally not over it's almost you know there's a few other opportunities especially if it's wet that people could fail. So I don't know, Bethany, do you, did you race in Ontario that one year where it had the early spear? Did you say in Ottawa? Yeah. Where was it? Ottawa super. I didn't race in Ottawa, but, um, I know at the Toronto Spartan two years ago, the spear throw was like in the very first gauntlet of obstacles. And I mm -hmm. did miss my spear throw in the sprint and i then but even then in just a sprint i was i was basically then just chasing and i still managed to catch her in the last few hundred but then i still in my mind thought um but so the spear throw though and which is this is also part of it is the penalty has often now been um a run penalty right and that changes it a lot too so if it's not burpees and you're running um, there's definitely more of a chance to be able to catch up. And with this long of a race, I wouldn't consider that you're out that early, especially in the beast again. Cause, and you, you like this up and down too, with these races like this. And I think people also don't realize how much the, it trashes your quads when you're going down. And then these, this course map looks like you're going down up, right back up and that turnaround going down and then back up, that's where that cramping starts. And because 
a lot of Canadians too that haven't raced this season. Like some of these guys on this list here too haven't raced yet and their body just might not be prepared for that depending on what they've been doing. So there's a lot that's going to happen in that second part of the race. So I would never count a spear throw miss out. You out of yeah. the race that early. Totally agree. It's going to be interesting. It was, uh, it, I know a few people that missed and they were able to, it's a different type of race, right? When you're playing catch up. But sometimes, honestly, some people actually um, step up in those situations. Like they, they, they figure out a way to actually race harder like that. And mentally, they actually run a better race. So, um, yeah, we'll see. And if you do miss, like know that that's just the start and don't let it affect the rest of your race. If you're already, whether you're just competing in open or, or age group or anything, it's kind of like if you miss it, if you let that one miss kind of say like, ah, oh, I didn't, I'm not having a good race already. You know, it's going to mentally kind of skew the rest of your confidence. So just kind of move on and know that a lot of people, I find if it's at the start of the race, more people miss it. I think if you miss, you pull a Sean Roberts, you walk off the course and you head to the village. It's <laughs> yeah. a solid plan. And you also just get really drunk the day before, right? Yes, exactly. During, before, <laughs> all of that, right? Whatever it takes. As long as everybody wears themselves out on Saturday, and that way I'm good for Sunday. Right. Yeah. So one of the things you'll notice about the map is, and uh, we went through this with Johnny, no water obstacles whatsoever. The only water will be rain or slip muscles, anything like that. Um, so yeah, no rolling mud. What? Why wasn't that right <laughs> <laughs> I am going to substantially uh, interact with whatever water I see next. Don't worry. You just wait. <laughs> what was the wording? Yeah. Significant engagement. Yes. Significant engagement. Right. I remember in at OCR Worlds, obviously, they didn't have, like, the water either. And um, they there's a little fountain, like a rock fountain yes. at the yeah. bottom. And they actually made us go into the <laughs> little fountain and climb up it just to get at your feet wet or whatever. I I probably I'm bet Blue Mountain was like, hey, not again. We don't want it. We don't want, you know, thousands of people trekking through our little I I remember that course map and I remember looking at it going rock wall. And I was thinking in my head, like, I got, I, I, you know, we're going to make sure I can climb, got to climb a rock wall. And then I got there. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, and whatever gets them a hundred obstacles, right? Oh yeah. 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 So anything else jump out at you about the map? Like, I mean, it is a lot of elevation. It's a lot of up and yeah. down. Um, I would say just know, know which obstacles are before which climbs and then know when you're on like Olympus is right, be right after you come down and you have one climb to go. So after Olympus, you just mentally check like, hey, I'm at mile 11, I got two miles to go and this is the final climb. So whatever I got left in my climbing legs, like this is it, I don't wanna get to the top and have some left, you know? Um, and, and that climb, honestly, like that's gonna be a place where people are gonna get past and stuff. Cause they're just, they've kind of gone up and down, up and down five times and, um, it's mentally knowing that like you could catch someone too, like people are going to be hurting. So if you're feeling good, like use that last climb. I think you might see like a record number of fails on Olympus because <laughs> yeah. 
people are coming like you said that's going to be a fast yeah either they're going to be fast or it's going to be slippery or it's going to be a mess descending down to that and then Mm -hmm. you're going to be right on it and we all know that's way more slippery than it used to be and it Mm -hmm. could be a cool wet day i just think there's going to be a ton of failures on that and i believe it is burpee penalty for that I, i i you know what i didn't see any any um uh, any penalty loops laid out so I, i'm not i'm not saying for sure they won't be but i have yet to see any laid out like that so yeah i think that will cause a bit of chaos not as much as the 48 foot long eight foot wall but still <laughs> quite a bit um, honestly you try jumping after running downhill for you know oh six thousand feet it's it's gonna be um yeah, it's going to it's going to take its toll even jumping and stuff. That's when people start to you go for that one jump and your calf <laughs> seizes up a time like it lets you know that it wants to cramp. It doesn't it kind of just like peeks its head in the door, but it doesn't <laughs> fully cramp. And then you're like running scared and being careful on the next things you do, but yeah. The other thing I noticed and it might not be a, it might probably won't be a big deal for a lot of the elites and stuff, but maybe some of the open waivers or or some of the back age groupers the rope climb, the ropes are, are very thin. Yeah. They don't go all the way to the ground. So you got to get your legs up pretty good to start them. And I know that can sometimes catch people off. So, that and the cool. rope climb is, is in one of the obstacle gauntlets, correct? Yeah, it's, right at the top, it's, yeah. it's where there's like four, it's right at the end. No, at the top, at the top. I think it's, yeah, the at the top. Stuff. So it's one of the first gauntlets. It's not like the final gauntlet, but it's how, what does it go? It goes, um, Bucket carry, vertical cargo, Z wall, rope climb, Atlas carry, yeah, stuff like that, all in a oh, row, and it yeah. and it is right, all right there. So again, another thing. I mean, we saw it in Red Deer. Even that was right by the festival area, right? You're a kilometer in, you're still not feeling the aftermath of everything. But I'm sure there'll be people at the top too because they have that gondola, mm-hmm. and people are going to be see the start and then go up to the gondola and see the second part and you can get caught up with people cheering and you're still early in the race and you're hitting obstacles you're feeling good but then you start descending and you're like holy i uh i used a lot of my um kind of my storages and i still have you know how many miles left to go right so just be careful on that gauntlet for sure so beth for you if you were going into this race if you were racing what would concern you more the climb or the descent Oh, for me, it's always the descent. Yeah, I love climbing. Like, the ups is not an issue at all, but I just find downhill running so hard to train, um, especially where I live. And uh, even trying to simulate that eccentric loading on the quads in the gym is just so tricky. So that's kind of, for me, where I'm always a little bit nervous about when I turn back around to go uphill, what's going to have happened to my quads. So for me, it's always the downhill. I don't get nervous at all about the uphills. And, and like I say, with it being so much more slippery, that will be, I, I agree. I, like even going into it, just, just for my race, I'm like, you know, the climb is going to be what it is. You, you're going to plug your way through it. You're going to go at your pace. You're going to do what you do. But downhill is just downright sketchy. At least it's not, you know, like jagged rocks everywhere. I, I you know, if the, you can let yourself go. I find a little less scary, but it's the, the slippery that I find scary. Yeah. All right, so why don't we jump to who's in and who's out and who's going. So I, I like I'll go with some of the ones that are out. So there's Bethany McChesney is out. 
<laughs> Nick Jarello is out. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah, what are we doing here? on the show that was actually going? <laughs> <laughs> you got the scraps. Yeah. <laughs> How, but how are both your injuries progressing anyway? Let's get let's just do that for a sec. But Beth, I we, I saw your videos. How are you feeling? Yeah, I'm at I'm still at a zero pain right now. So and we've been testing it for two weeks now since I've been out of the boot. So I get to start running tomorrow. Wow, that's exciting. Yes. So 2022 is-, is the year of crush the bitches. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no more injuries. Yeah. What about you, Mick? I'm, uh, well, I, I ended up having an avulsion fracture on my talus bone from that random roll right after red deer. So I've been off, uh, running for a while, but I've ran, I ran twice this weekend and all good and re-extending my long run has been kind of painful, but, uh, I'm just happy to be running and lifting and it's good. So I wouldn't have been in any kind of beast fitness to do really well on this course leading into this but um things are getting better so it's all good and you did that on the cool down run with sean right oh yeah i was probably i was almost walking like it was that slow and we were just kind of chatting to someone and changing direction and went over the edge of some kind of part of the trail and you know when you're you know you're uh systems are all down your nervous system's a little fried and um when you hit a roll like that because your turnover is not very fast you really go over it and it just popped so um yeah i've never had a roll that bad i suspect that sean set you up (laughs) i think it was a trap yeah i would have loved to race the next day are you kidding me especially after that dq i was like (laughs) at least i would have liked to redeem myself a few times but no, no. Yeah. So Sean, Sean figured he goes, he was really quick today and I can't have that. So I got this elaborate plan where I can set him up, get a simple rule. I'll distract him. Evil mastermind. Fantastic. He definitely seems like that type of guy. <laughs> he comes he's off like, as pretty mean, you know? He's like the meanest guy I know. For sure. <laughs> All right. Um, other people not going, obviously, Morgan is still pregnant, so not going. Uh, <laughs> Nine months, Dave. Nine months. <laughs> She's still pregnant. If you're really fit, you should be able to do it faster. <laughs> it's only logical. Um, Knowledge. She's gone. Uh, Christian Vitslavic, he's not going either. Um, no Emma. Emma Cook-Clark is not going. I think she is more, I think it's, she's with work and she's getting really focused, I think, for Dubai. I think that's that's a big thing for her. Uh, Amanda won't be going either. Amanda Nadeau. So those are the names, the big names that I have not going. Um, wow. Those, yeah. are some, those are some of the top women, really. It's, it's unfortunate they're not there because that would have been exciting to have everyone there, right? It would, it would. It, it, yeah. yeah. I mean, and hopefully 2022 will be a little more. I know everybody's still a little crazy this year and it's still, you, you know, you know what you get, but, uh, and then for the men, like I said, Mick, yeah, Mick and, and Christian are the, the big ones, but for the women going, we'll start with the women. We have Ariel is going, Sylvie, uh, Lindsay, Stephanie Graham, Margaret Jensen, who did so well out in Red Deer. And, um, Sarah Kais, which is 
she's come on the scene with a bit of a storm. So when we start there and, and Beth, how you feel about some of the women going there? Um, I am super excited to see Sarah Ray. So I know when we were in Red Deer, Aaron was really talking her up and yeah. he said to me, as soon as my girlfriend gets into OCR, you guys better all watch out. <laughs> but then she did race recently and she won. So he definitely, she definitely backed up his words. Um, so I'm super excited. Denning. What's that? Beat face Denning too. Yeah. 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 So I'm really She's excited. a pretty accomplished, uh, mountain runner too. And obviously a great she trains in a really good place like for this type of terrain and racing so uh and like you said she's raced so um it's not like one of those phenom athletes from like the running background but have no experiences on obstacles and i'm sure aaron's taught her a thing or two as well so i think she'll be pretty deadly I, I I'm looking forward to seeing her too. I think, like you said, she's been well prepared. She's seen it. She's done. She's been rabbiting a couple times for ORM. She she knows her stuff. She went out and won her first race. Lindsay has said that she's going to be that Sarah is going to be someone who can really break onto the scene. But the question is, can Sarah be quick enough to keep up with Lindsay? Considering Lindsay's got to be a little wore down by the time she gets there. Like, yeah. yeah, I think this weekend, just considering Lindsay's week leading up to it, I, I think Sarah will have the advantage for sure. Like Lindsay had raced this past weekend and now she's going to spend the whole week at Spartan Games and we don't really know what they're throwing at them, but um, she's not coming into the weekend fresh. So I just think Sarah definitely has the advantage. And then what about somebody like Sylvie, who we haven't seen all year? Well, um, I mean, I... I I know enough about Sylvie that she started, you know, building a retreat, like a, a fitness background retreat. So she's been working hard on that and everything. Obviously, Spartan racing and fitness haven't been, I mean, sorry, Spartan racing haven't been her, has not been her focus. But she's always fit and she's always someone that comes into a race saying, oh, I haven't really been working on my running and haven't been lifting too much and still manages to do really well. So I think she'll be up there. I, I'm not sure if um, this type of mountain course does suits her skill set right now, but um, I mean, she's been putting on time on her feet. So she did just roll her ankle really bad today, though. Oh, okay. <laughs> she running with Sean Stevens, well, <laughs> guy, yeah. He, he has yeah, this, I, was like, just, I was just talking with her today and she had a pretty oh. bad ankle roll today so oh that's tough especially on a course like this you then you don't want to test it especially on the downhills and stuff yeah that's tough what yeah, about okay. what about like the you know i call it the points leader ariel ariel how does this course suit her is this is a good good course for her yeah I think the longer the better for ariel yeah and she's, she's like light and she trains in the mountains a lot. So I think she, she runs hills very well. And, you know, now she has a bit more experience of obstacles under her belt and coming in with some more confidence. So I think she'll definitely be shooting for it. And she's race ready. Like she's been racing all year. She's primed. She's prepped. I think she's taking this one very seriously too. So I think, I think Ariel will do really well. Um, and just one more quick one, Margaret Jensen, obviously, like with Sarah at Red Deer, she did well. I don't know. I don't know a lot about her. 
aside from how she did out there is is this the kind of course that's for her or is she more of a flatlander well she'll do better in a beast for sure because she did you know she did sinister seven this year she's done like full track like triathlon and stuff like that so she's been putting in a lot of good volume and i mean they have a group out west that go on mountain adventures you know most weekends so she's put in some good training for sure so I think she'll be able to extend her fitness for a whole beast course. Um, she may not have that like um, pure speed, like uphill speed and stuff, but she's going to be strong up there. I, I, this is a better course for her, for sure, than Red Deer. Nice. All right. Well, we'll, we'll go to picks after and we'll just run down some of the men. We'll go through some of the men that are, that are going to be there. Um, who jumps out at you? Well, obviously, uh, I'm going to say, you know, Ryan Atkins is going to be there. I'm still shocked and still stunned that that, that it's that all on their calendar, you know, I think it, it must just be a sentimental, you know, hometown kind of thing. Cause I can't see any other reason why they would be putting themselves through that. Yeah. They must be going back to like maybe Keldon to train for a while after this anyway. So they may as well stop in. I'll tell you, I'll tell you like when I raced Atkins in Calgary, um, he came out to the Calgary sprint just randomly a few years ago and he was coming off like fkt up hauling which is one of the hardest uphill mountain fkts to snag like it's very competitive and he just came off of doing like canmore quad which is like an insane day um and he was under tired legs and he still found a way to kind of battle it out and, and win that thing so i don't think you can ever count him out um again another guy for the first time we're going to see this year jesse bruce so i mean i mean beth is we haven't seen him in a, in a race but he's been he's fit he's been busy yeah he's been very focused on triathlon i know he was trying to qualify for the ironman world championships in his age group so he's been hyper focused on triathlon do you think that'll help him or hinder him I don't know. Obviously he's really fit. Um, just, I think the mountain in this race will just probably not lend well to what he's been working on, but I mean, riding legs is good mountain running legs too. So I don't know. It'll probably be more about the obstacles than in his, with his situation. Jesse's always been pretty solid on obstacles though. I don't think yeah. he's strong. Yeah. Too much. And I mean, other than Olympus Spartans obstacles are still, yeah manageable he'll be he'll be fine on them i think like you know overall like you said he's super fit his engine is there and jesse also knows how to prepare for certain races you know he's been there done that on every type of venue so even if jesse just put in you know two weeks of like somewhat more specific training um he knows how to do that right so we know he's doing that you know he's um he'll put a little more time into um, kind of obstacle work and hill work and stuff like that leading into this. So uh, plus he knows the race, he knows the course very well and he's close to home. He's not, he's not coming off of a long uh, travel or anything like that. And that helps too. Um, he's uh, it, I think if Jesse, somehow he has this mantra, you know, Jesse's been through a lot in his life and everything. And I think if Jesse sees you on the mountain, he's willing to hurt as much as he can to like, you cannot outwork him if he's in the pain cave, you know, he's, 
yeah, he'll work through that. So I think he'll battle regardless, right? Yeah, I think I think I'm excited. I think you hit the nail on the head with he he excels in that pain cave. It just it works for him. He just he's got that little terrier mentality and just goes and goes and goes and goes. Oh yeah, and he power hikes very well. People don't realize this about him, but um, as much as like he is in Toronto and stuff like that, he's always a very strong carry carry guy, and his power hiking is fast. And although he can run the mountains too, like, you know, when you get into those stages where it's a little too steep and everyone's got a power hike, you know, his power hike doesn't actually slow down comparatively, right? So um, I think he'll definitely be in the mix. So one guy I wanted to ask you about, actually for you, Mick, because I don't think you know him very well, Beth. So we ran into him again out in Red Deer, Chris Swanson. He had a broken arm. Um, <laughs> Clearly, he was wasn't so good on the obstacles that day. I mean, he was leading. He was leading after the first kilometer. He's that's right, amazing that's right. runner. So he's got speed. So that's what I mean. What do what do we know about Chris? Because now, I mean, he's he's going to be able to do the obstacles. He's yeah, gonna, it okay. was his finger. It wasn't like okay. you know. So he somewhat was still able to train a bit. I don't know how much specific OCR work he really does, although he puts in time he shows up and he does he moves decently through obstacles they're not his best thing but he's obviously going to be hitting fitness from mountain running championships which were the week before red deer then red deer and then hopefully got his cast off um yeah he's he's a really strong runner he'll go hard and then see what happens uh, it's scary if he's still in the mix after half the race because he'll be able to run this whole mountain you know um, I raced him in Vancouver, like a while on Mount Seymour. And I mean, he was right with us on every climb. Like you got to put Sean Stevens, Wales in a different category for uphill running, but Chris is always right behind him, you know? So, um, yeah, he'll, he'll have the tools to do well here as long as he's not second guessing, or I don't know where his, was his thumb, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I would think I would think again. He, it's been a while now. He he should be healed up and good to go. Yeah. Well, um, one other quick guy to to mention. Well, there's quite a few other, but uh, the guy guy known as the other guy, um, Brennan Neely. Um, <laughs> he would no seriously. I just teased him, but he was really impressive out in Red Deer, and, and he's been working on his mud pit. So he's been working on his mud pit. He has <laughs> a little plastic pool. He's not afraid. The little of kiddie pool thing pool. is so good. It was the best. Two anyway, feet um, in, two feet out. Yeah, he 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 looks legit. Like he seems like he's a, he's he's really into it. He's fairly new to the sport, but he's he's got the wheels. Listen, he has a great running background, and not just like road running. You know, he does a lot of terrain running. And he obviously has some good range and he puts time in the mountains. So um, I think, and, and you know what, he has that strong upper body base as well. So I think with experience, you know, whether he accidentally strategizes this course well, or just now has enough experience, eventually he's going to pop like a solid race. And I mean, he has ran good races already, but soon he's going to be kind of not making those mistakes that kind of make him have to play a bit of catch up. So, um, yeah, I'm excited to see him race for sure. Well, and build a bit of a chip on his shoulder too. So 
Yeah. Two important things too is one, he put in a great beer mile recently and, and that obviously directly translates, but this <laughs> is, this is a hometown race for him. He's only lives about 35 minutes from blue. So right. I'm sure he's familiar with the, with, with the Hill and quite good. It could really play to his advantage. So expect good things from, from Brennan. Um, Beth, you asked about Damien Langlois. Mm -hmm. So do you know Damien? I do know Damien and I actually know that he's doing the ultra. So oh, he's he not doing the, the Canadian oh, okay. series, but um, Austin's been training with him out, yeah. uh, out there. And he says he's really fit right now. So um, he's coming out for the ultra. I mean, Damien's one of the most experienced Canadian racers. He was in it in like 2011. He was like one of the original kind of Eastern community that went to all the races and they have more than just Spartan races out there. So he's uh he has tons of experience and he's super fit right now and he loves it. So I think he'll do really well. And you can recognize him on the course. Oh yeah. Yeah. You can't <laughs> miss him. You cannot miss him. Yeah. yeah. I, and I've had a chance to run like side by side with him for a very, very short period of time. And <laughs> he, he does, he runs like a gazelle. He is just mm -hmm. so smooth and so fluid. I, I, I wish he was running the beast because I would like to see him throw down with these guys. Cause I think he's fantastic. Yeah. Just yeah. Awesome runner. Um, all right. Well, we might as well go to it. Let's let's get into it to, to some picks here. All right. So, yeah, Mick, let's start with you. All right. Um, oh. What do you want to do first? Do you want to do the women or the men? I'll do. I I I I got to call a friend right now. Do we know if like Jess Lemon is coming, or we didn't say if she was in or out? I believe she's not coming. Okay. Just in case, because I was like, yeah, I didn't yeah. see her on the out yeah, thing yeah. or in. Okay. So, I am going to say, I'm going to say Lindsay, Sarah, and Lindsay, Sarah, Margaret. Top three. Ooh, nice. Very good. All right. All right. I expect a couple fails and a kind of a cool weather day. We'll see. Things might get changed up, so. All right, Beth, go put your women down. So I have Sarah first, and then Lindsay second, and Ariel third. Wow. Do you know I what? I think I keep missing Ariel because she's the top of that list. <laughs> <laughs> it's just an obvious one. It's way too obvious. <laughs> um, I, as well, was going to pick Sarah for first because... Again, I just that tank has to run dry eventually. You know, like they they, they have to burn out eventually. Eventually, there's gotta there's gotta be only so much you can push. Um, and 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 Sarah might be camping out at my place, so I have to pick her because you know I don't want to face her if I didn't. So <laughs> that's that's just important. Um, and then Lindsay for second, and I yeah I got Ariel for third too. So. You know, best See, I had to make a different change good. so we weren't totally in agreement. What's that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know what? I could change. I'll, I'll take, uh, I'll, who would take, no, no, I'm not. I'm sticking with it. Forget it. <laughs> <laughs> good choices. Yeah, they are. And I mean, they, the women's field is getting, is getting better, but it still needs to grow. And if everyone shows up, it's, it's solid, right? Yeah. And a couple injuries and a couple pregnancies and whatever this year. But if yeah. everyone on kind of that list, 
you have like a top 10 that is interesting, you know? Um, So it'd be exciting. It'll get there. Yeah. All right. And then for the men. All right. For your men, Mick. Or, you know, I will go in reverse. I can go first this time because, you know, and I'm I'm still going to go with Ryan because he's Ryan. I don't know. Even though he'll be exhausted and tired, I just, I just think he's going to get it. And then, then Sean, Sean Stevens whale, despite the fact he he might try to injure people in the way, but other than that, (laughs) and then, you know, I'm going to go with Brennan Neely because he lives really close to me. And I think you know, he, he might have a shot. He really might have a shot. I think he, yeah. I think, I don't think that's a bad pick at all. Yeah. I, yeah. He's fit and he knows the territory. He's on that mountain. And yeah. So that's, that's it. I, I'm not great at these picking though. So I, I feel bad for him because that's not good. <laughs> all right, Beth. Yeah. Um, I as well still put Ryan first. Um, I think he'll still be able to pull this one out. I put Aaron Newell second, and I'm going to put Jesse Bruce in third. Nice, nice. See, we hadn't even talked about Aaron yet. And oh. did we not talk about Sam and Austin? And, yes. like, are we forgetting? Is no, Sam I'm coming? Is Sam, Sam going? Sam is going. Sam is going, yes. And Austin is going. Were they not on my list? Sam and Austin are both going. I'm yes. still put Sam down. No? Okay, Sam is doing it. And normally I pick Sam, and every time I do, he screws up. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm going to give, I'm doing a favor to Sam by not picking him. So now he's going to do well. Listen, man, I think Sam's going to do well. I really do. Um, Is is there any chance Ben Ben is going? Benjamin Moore and Boucher, he is not. Austin tried to convince him. People don't realize this about Benjamin. Like, he had 35 first place Spartans before he lost like he was actually so dominant out east at the start of kind of Spartans birth in Canada and he holds like the military obstacle record for he's he's in the military and he holds the record for the course he's you know even just his training ground is insane so I've seen him really do very well on kind of the super and sprint distances but i'm excited to see when he comes back it's unfortunate he's not coming and, and you know what we didn't mention either uh, marco bedard not not going either um mm-hmm. he's about to become a dad very soon so you know bad priority choice but it's his to make <laughs> okay so you said you're three bethany yeah so who was it you had ryan aaron and jesse we should be doing top five for this this yeah, is, sure. Go. For I it. know. I have about I have a bunch of stuff scribbled out back in a minute. I don't know. Yeah. Oh man. Well, I, I'll add. I mean, my fourth, I'd pick Aaron for fourth, and then uh, Austin yeah. for fifth. Okay. And again, I think I would consider Sam, but I'm not doing that to him. <laughs> that's a that's a very political answer. <laughs> pick Sam all the time. Yeah. I mean, I. I thought this year was going to be a great year for Sam. I think like leading into last season, he was ready to go in terms of like winning races. And he was so close so many times. And like you said, he had a few little things happen every once in a while, but um, I've seen him on course. He's, he's scary fit. So I still say um, Martin Cross becomes a thing. Sam is going to be. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Like he will be. All right. 
sorry. No, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, although I'm trying to rush it, I still don't have my picks. <laughs> All right, let me make my picks, but I don't have them. Um, I'm going to say, I'm going to say, I'm going to say Sean Atkins and Azar. Oh, that's what I'm going to say. You better watch out for these grassy downhills. I'm telling you, like, I haven't, I haven't seen where the carries are and stuff, but I have faith in Austin. So I do, I do know the one carry. Uh, I, that's the first carry. It's, it'll be coming up to the vertical cargo net. And the only thing I can yeah. tell you for sure about it is it is like an absolute beautiful view. So <laughs> if you get right to the top <laughs> and you set the bucket down, take a quick look. Cause it looks really nice, <laughs> but it's, yeah. it's also a steep section. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think there's going to be some close battles on the final climb. And um, I think things are coming around for Austin. And I've seen, I've seen Sean outright win beasts just with his climbing alone. So I can't count him. I definitely can't count him out. And I mean, he can win the series, right? Yeah, yeah. So I, he kind of has that, you know, he has that motivation. And um, obviously Ryan's... Ryan even crippled and beat beat up is still right there, but eighty percent of Ryan is still better than most. Yeah, sixty percent of Ryan is still <laughs> better than most. Yeah, yeah. So that's those are my those are my picks, and I'm gonna. I if I had to say, then I'd I'd say for sure Aaron will be up there, and then um, I think Brendan's gonna be in the mix, and Sam, and Jesse, and. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be a fun race to watch. Yeah, Chris. It, it actually looks like a really good field. Um, and it I'm, is. I'm so disappointed I can't be there. I'm like, just to be, when, when guys from out west and east come together, you know, I'm always kind of from the middle, going to visit everyone out east or going to visit everyone out west. But when everyone's kind of coming together, it's, it's pretty rare. So it's good. Be exciting. <laughs> We said this from the time they said announced that they were going to go to blue, that this would be a very, very big event. And it does look like it's shaping up. But I think it's still next year, yeah. which they yeah. are planning to go back to the best of my knowledge, will be even bigger. Because I think you'll see more people make the, the migration from the States and come up as well. And you will see, you know, some other guys that I think this this weekend will be a great race and it'll bring out even more. You know? Yeah, agreed. And if, especially if we can get some of those women to come out, if we can get, you know, Emma to come out and Jessica and then some women from the States and stuff. I was surprised that only Aaron and Sarah, from my knowledge, are the ones making the trip, especially after Aaron had such great results in Red Deer and no issues. And, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I think just the U.S. schedule has just kind of people need that people need that month off before their final race after like just a constant pressure of race after race and especially those guys that did Telluride and whatever else. So, um, but yeah, hopefully, hopefully Aaron just doesn't keep, I like having Aaron. He actually, his question, when I put that thing on Instagram, asked me questions like, can I be Canadian? I said, you bet you can be Canadian. <laughs> Should we get him on some skates? Get him a stick, see if he can play. Oh, you know what? He has a background in a lot of random sports that he was really good at. I wouldn't be surprised if he randomly was like decent at skating. 
All right. Well, we're gonna bring him some skates. We'll see if he can. Maybe go. not hockey, but yeah. See if he can see if he can drop the gloves, little Donnie Brook. <laughs> do you think this? Do you think this one is like this race will be a good launching platform? Like going into twenty twenty two is going to be hopefully a banner year for Spartan Canada. The the year that twenty twenty one was supposed to be. Do you expect much changes from what the initial 2021 calendar is? Do you think they'll go with it? Um, they've already teased there's going to be two, two trifecta weekends and stuff like that. Um, like one on each side of Canada, probably, right? Yeah. Um, I think that's always their goal. Yeah. And I mean, they were putting out, actually, they put out a thing, a contest where if you could guess both of them, you want to do a contest to win a season's pass. Oh, wow. Okay. And that's for this year would have been two races. So that's big. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully it's more I like think for sure, for sure they have to go up to Quebec. Yes. Um, they have to have those races up there because they have such a big community there. Uh, hopefully Blue Mountain becomes that iconic annual one that everyone that forgot that these races were happening at least hears about. And it's like, oh yeah, I want, I wanted to do that. And then I kind of forgot they were happening. I didn't know if this was happening or not. And then next year is... I'm sure they have decent numbers for it. Do you all things considered? I wish they could do is I actually wish they could move the time of year they're doing Blue Mountain because mm -hmm. it is in such like this is what championship season when everything is going on. And I think yeah. that if they could move it to earlier in the year, maybe at a little bit of a duller spot, that it would definitely increase the people that would go. And quite frankly, Blue gets really cold and wet and yucky and a little early yeah. in the summer might be nice, you know? That I mean, why don't we something. make it, yeah, make it May long where it's not a race that has water or whatever. So the water's not freezing or, or anything, but it's usually decent weather already. And the ski hill potentially may have a tiny bit of snow at the top, but really like nothing's overgrown yet. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, I hope they have kicking horseback because that's just going to be a true test it's going to be a really tough mountain but also offers a crazy amount of terrain for the race to happen on so um and then winnipeg why not winnipeg <laughs> because nobody wants to go to winnipeg i i i will room everyone everyone can stay <laughs> with me i owe everyone for allowing me to bunk with them at, like all the races you come to Win Winnipeg race, I'll have every racer just staying at my place. <laughs> too many mosquitoes and we're all too afraid of Winnipeg. It's just never going to happen. There you go. <laughs> See, I, would I, I wish they would go to some place. We like had that. a course there two years. People don't know that. I would love but to they did the East Coast yeah. to hit like, like Nova Scotia out there. That would be cool. They've been asking for that for a while. I think next year, again, they're going to just try to release what may be the original plan was get that off the ground and then start building off of that so um people were excited for that schedule but like you said maybe things like red deer was supposed to be earlier right it's usually red deer is usually end of june isn't it or early july it's like really and then they usually have their trifecta weekend end of august out west and um so yeah hopefully they'll they'll release it i'm sure they have a decent idea about which venues they're using and stuff so I, I think you're right i think it'll be very similar to the original 2021 release i think you'll see golden back in there and and things like that um it should be good 
it has potential to be a really exciting season. It you know? does. Yeah. Even this season with these two races, it's pretty exciting. And it's nice they have a, they have a decent amount of people on the team now that you think can help gain it. And even you guys doing some coverage and stuff and then having Fidel doing the gimbling and stuff. And then Johnny, you know, like I think the team is really good um, with the limited team size. They have, you know, they have a great team. So I think people should be excited about it. And I think this race, um, I still think they should release like a, like make another exciting promo video of just like good things from blue mountain and Canadian stuff. And, um, they could do a, a little bit better job of like leveraging that, but obviously they just don't have the budget for it. You know, what's funny is I hear, I hear a lot of, um, how difficult it can be sometimes deal with Spartan in the States. And you know, I've seen a bit of that and understand it. Spartan Canada is super easy to deal with and really pleasant mm-hmm. and really helpful and I'm yeah really lucky that and way e- yeah and even if things are out of their control they usually try to explain it so we understand so we know they're not just trying to not have a race there or not tell you or you know what I mean like it's it's good they're pretty real about it well and like Johnny said like simple explanations of some things that you know you often get questions about like uh why we're not having like the start and finish right in the village this time right and it's because blue mountain doesn't want that right now we're still coming off covid they don't want every giant congregation in there so i mean it it puts a logical answer to a question that a lot of people be like well why didn't we do that this is just stupid right so we just yeah yeah they're trying and i like that so it's 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 good to see so moving into it anything else that you want to go through something that you look forward to or something that you know just gets your attention let's ask let's ask like bethany what's your like two minute kind of summarization of like what your strategy should be going into it as like a as like a generally fit person like someone maybe not elites like someone that's doing this race that's like i you know, this may be my first race or it's my first race back in like two, three years. Like what's the strategy for this course in terms of like, I'm fit. I put in a lot of time. I'm not trying to win the thing, but maybe I'm competing age group or something. Like what's, what's your strategy for the course? Um, yeah, kind of what I've talked to my clients too about who I have a lot of people that are racing for the first time on Sunday in the sprint. Um, I've just told them not to get excited at the beginning because you can really, uh underestimate what that first climb takes out of you and it looks like all the races kind of go bottom to top right off the hop and just to not go out crazy on that first climb and destroy your legs so a a lot of people are not training on mountains and I just don't know if people always can understand what that can take out of you um so just to be patient with the race and um yeah again and to conserve your energy throughout the whole thing um, because it's going to be longer, I think, than people anticipate just because of the climbing. What are you guys thinking for time-wise in terms of like top times? On the beast? Yeah. Wolf. I'm thinking like 207. I was thinking, yeah, I was thinking just over really? two. I don't know. This has so much climbing. I think it's, I think it's going to be longer than that. 
I think the weather will dictate a lot. Like if, if, it, yeah. if it right, like today it rained a little bit early and then dried out, it's supposed to be dry tomorrow. If that maintains, the speed will go up, you know, and we'll get better times. But if it the good thing is Friday night good. and all of a sudden it's a slog. Yeah. The thing is, is there's no water obstacles. So you don't have to anticipate what you're wearing based on what gets wet and what's hard to race in wet. It's almost like, what would you go on like a cold trail run with? And that's comfortable. Or what do you, what would you do like an, a simulation without water? But um, we also probably won't have people falling apart because of the heat. And I think the heat gets people in a beast more often than like the cold, right? Yeah. So Sometimes what I find is when, when it's cold, people underhydrate because they're not necessarily feeling it and it's not necessarily like a feeling as you're racing. So keep hydrating. There's going to be lots of um, water stations and you may be coming up to it. And I would say just take water at each station. If you're just, if you're trying to like race it well, um, you know, that extra two seconds could help you not fall apart for an hour, you know? Um, so overhydrate a little bit and just remember it's like when you're swimming, you don't think to like drink water as much. Um, and then have a fueling strategy too, and understand that it's probably easier and easier in your digestive tract to like take fuel while you're hiking up less bounds, less, whatever, more, more control. You're not having to like look down at your footing as much. Um, so stuff like that, where you just kind of have a strategy and just know, I would say per time time frame, like kind of make make a make a plan for your fuel and keep track of this kind of time frame, because you don't want to fall into a deficit halfway through the race and then try and catch yourself up. So, all right, I've got one for you guys. So, and, okay, and like like, no, Dave, what are your strategies? Aren't I know, but Bethany's elite? looking at me like I'm going to ask something stupid. I've, I've got a good question. This is real, <laughs> Bethany. I'm not. I'm not screwing around. <laughs> Yeah, so I am racing in the age group sprint, right? So that's two okay. questions for me. One, I'll start with this. It's my start time is noon, right? And the last time I had a later start time, I completely screwed up because I didn't eat right. So how do okay. I feel for that? Do I eat like a regular breakfast? So I kind of have a general rule. Okay. Well, it depends a lot actually. So a sprint, like I wouldn't be eating. Okay. So 12, 10, six. So I'd probably eat at six and 10, but like bigger at six and then something, you know, that's going to be fine at 10. All right. That's actually what I was planning with. I would have my regular breakfast in the morning and then like a, a power muffin around 10 o'clock or 1030 or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a good idea. And then before the sprint. And really, Dave, you should have the fuel in you for a sprint. You don't have to think about fueling too much. Just make sure you eat no. well the couple of days before. It's more for Dave that he eats, actually. Yeah, I ate at all. <laughs> oh, no. That's what happened to me in the last, the last one, the RX1. I didn't eat at all that day. And then I didn't race <laughs> until it was like 2.30 in the afternoon. And I was killing it until about 60% of the way from the race at the end of the race. And I or 60% through the uh, race. And I just crashed. It was epic. Why don't, crash. why don't you just race with a backpack full of like every <laughs> awesome five K and, and, <laughs> and mustard packs and everything. And then just be at the start line, make everyone second guess why this guy 
<laughs> Looks like he knows what he's and doing. They were like he's like all cotton and, and overnight camping trip. Yeah. <laughs> it'll be good. I'll be ready to go. And then the other yes. thing, because so strategy wise, this it, it's although it's it's climbing and descending, it's still a short, quick race. So how do you yes. go out for this? Because you're two going climbs, straight. right? Yeah, two climbs, pretty much two descents, and I mean obstacles, but who cares? But like, so how do you you know do you go out quick? Because normally I'm a guy that goes out quick and tries to hold on because I don't want to lose the lead pack and you know avoid bottlenecks and stuff like that. But it's a little different when it's such a steep hill to start. I think on a sprint, especially with two climbs, you do the first climb hard, you hit the first downhill hard, you get some gap. And I guarantee you, whether you burnt a little too much or whatever else, no one's going to be able to, the amount of energy it's going to take to catch up to you on the second climb, they're going to be so dead for the final obstacle gauntlet that it's going to be too late and they'll, they'll waste all their energy trying to catch up um, on that. If you're ahead after the downhill, then you've already basically exposed both yeah. skill sets and you know who's good at what. And if they weren't at right behind you on that first climb, even if you were pushing yourself to, to a good limit on the second one, for them to try and make up 30 seconds on like an uphill climb, they're going to literally have to like hill bound up it. Yeah. And they're, they're not going to have any legs at the end of that. So, um, and then you know, you'll see the carnage at the final um, gauntlet too, which you're good at. So yeah. I would say push push people to get out of their comfort zone on the second climb. My, my ultimate plan thing. was was right from the start was just let everybody else run the beast and, and ultra and be really tired for the sprint. <laughs> so that was the real plan. And, and I mean, yeah, perfect. and then just go on cool down jogs with them after the race. And I'm, I'm going to talk to Sean ankles. and ask him for some ankle breaking <laughs> techniques. And I'm going to ask Aaron how to throw a bucket, and then I've got it all figured. Right. And, and it's there's, there should be zones where there's just um, spray paint on the ground, red lines, and in between the two red lines, like a gap of like 20 meters, you're allowed full contact. Nice. Anything can happen, and so you I, take I'm the okay chance to like right join that. join the zone with certain racers, <laughs> and then run away from them. <laughs> I think this is a solid technique, and I think you should mention it to Joe DeSena because that sounds like the kind of thing he'd like. I mean, they just incorporate Spartan wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> I why am I why am I trying to actually? This would not work to my favor. I I don't care how strong I am. I don't weigh it that much, so people just toss me around. I, I might I might step this. up to elite if they bring these rules in, Mick. I might. I, yeah, might, but, I might be right. Dave, you still have to get to the zone before us to battle us. Yeah. Nobody will wait. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I do. I could just get him to make that the first obstacle right off yes. the bat. And then I'm okay. <laughs> the starting, the starting start, area. Yeah. Start, fight, go. And then I'm all right. So we'll be good. Listen, I bet if you put a poll after this podcast on, I bet, I bet, see, see what people think. Yeah, yeah. I, I would like to see that. I'd like to see, and I, I guess this is a little bit what the Hunter said this too. I'd like to see, you know, top OCR people, you know, have, you know, not just wrestling matches, but, you know, maybe different, a little more yeah. MMA style combat. And Tapalon of every, I mean, that kind of is Spartan games, but. Yeah, but they're, yeah, it's just wrong. Yeah. They're, they're doing <laughs> it wrong. Yeah. Yes. I don't know. I think, um, I think it'd be interesting. I think, yeah, I think you'd get some surprising results. It would be good. I would put some money on Austin for that one. I mean, he's carrying some good size. 
Yeah, but he's such a nice guy. I don't even know. I know. They're all yeah. nice. Everybody's nice. <laughs> Except for Sean. <laughs> she, okay, real question. Is Sean the Isaiah Vidal of Canada? <laughs> People that have never met Sean are going to have this like skewed opinion of him. He is super nice. It's annoying. Yeah. Is... Mm -hmm. Anyway, I think the most common word on an OCR course in Canada is sorry. Oh, like the most used. It's for sure. Every, you know, I mean, even in, even in the States, we've gone everywhere and I have yet to meet somebody who rubs me the wrong way in OCR. <laughs> you know, it just, everybody, good. everybody's so into yeah. it and happy and supportive. And so you're um, going to be filming um, some stuff on Saturday. Yeah, we're going to do both stories. of you kind of like yeah. we did in Red Deer, but even better. because yeah. we learned lessons. Okay. I thought they were pretty good. There was, but there was lessons that we learned, things we could have done better, things we did wrong. This one is going to be more difficult because it's a longer race spanned right. over a greater area and because the hill presents a lot of issues, mm -hmm. but we have some extra people helping us. So that's good too. And the other good thing about the climb is once they start climbing, you know, you have time to get to the next downhill or something like you may miss a bunch of people hiking for 10 minutes but you know the, the, probably the, the hardest important. part is um the section across the top again what we talked about where the the bucket the bucket the carry and then the vertical cargo so i'm gonna have to run with whoever's in front for about 400 meters again and that, that's you know as far as i run so that'll <laughs> be interesting yeah. so it'll be a good test yeah, yeah. It'll be a good warm-up for you for the sprint I'm hoping I'm hoping it's Ryan so I can taunt him and just you know <laughs> it'll be very interesting who's leading after the first climb if that's the same person that's leading at the last climb I don't I don't know if it will be unless I, it's Sean yeah yeah I could I could see Sean coming out at, at the start there like that I mean it's straight climb but I don't know, on Estrava, like two days ago, he did like a crazy run. I don't even know what he did, but like looking at it, it's either he just can deal with a ton of volume. Um, but yeah, it's pretty crazy. It'll right. be fine. Yeah. Well, any last thoughts looking forward to Blue now? Or? I, think, I think just good luck to everyone and, and have a, like enjoy the mountain like it really is when you think of a spartan race like it offers some really fun trails some good climbing some good tests and um yeah just be in, be there and enjoy it in spirit i'll be jealous watching and my prediction for 2022 both of you on the podium 2022 at blue all the way <laughs> and i will be drunk in the apre ski lounge <laughs> Perfect. Beth, wind us out. Yeah, that's a great way to finish it. Thanks, Mick, so much for joining us. And we look forward to seeing everybody this weekend at Blue Mountain.